ICA Gear has outfitted over 10,000 bow hunters across the country, and we're continuing to raise the bar when it comes to bow hunting camo. New for the 23 season, we introduce our never-before-seen panel fabric system designed to be dead quiet along with our patent-pending bow hunting collar, Osseo Gear. Features and function built for bow hunters by bow hunters. Learn more at asiogear.com. Welcome to Bear Bow Hunter Podcast with your host, Nate Bailey, where we look to the ancient paths of our hunting ancestors to guide our future, where woodsmanship and hard work outweigh advanced shooting devices, where we value those who have gone before us and welcome those who are yet to come. Join us as we exchange valuable insight about the Bear Bow Hunter's lifestyle. Welcome to another edition of Barebow Hunters Podcast. And I know, guys, we haven't been um, getting these out as much as we would like to. We're going to make a commitment this year to try to get at least two out a month, but I'd like to do four. But I'm going to commit to two. And um, we're going to cover a lot of subjects this year because there's a lot going on in the traditional bow hunting or in bow hunting in general. And uh, there's some things that we'd like to help you guys be able to get out there and get into the traditional world a lot easier. I have several friends that are around me that are jumping into the trad world, uh, going after that trad life. And so um, I'll probably use them as guinea pigs because I'm sure they're not the only ones doing this. And so um, they're going to come up with questions that I probably have overlooked because I've been doing it for too long. Sometimes when you do something for a long time, it, it, it's second nature to you and you don't even think about it anymore. But when you start, um, those things are, are a big thing that we need to talk about. So I'm going to use those guys, uh, maybe even get them on video um, and uh, answer some of their questions and try to help them out along their uh, trad journey. So um, those of you who uh, are listening to this podcast and are just jumped into the trad bows and are around, you, you probably know who you are. So um Think of some questions. Also, if you guys are listening to and you want to ask me some questions, go for it. Um, you could you could go over to our Facebook page under Barebow Hunter. You could go to Instagram under Barebow Hunter. You could go to the website under barebowhunter.com. Or you could even leave a message um, on iTunes or wherever else. We're also going to cover this uh, podcast here with a, a video, and I'm going to get that out. But before we jump into the content, I want to remind you guys that um, Three Rivers Archery has helped us out a ton. So here at Barebow Hunters, Three River Archery has given us a lot of information on what they think that we should bring to you guys. And they want to help you guys succeed and become good traditional bow hunters. It's good for their business, but at the same time, it's not just about business. I know the guys over there, and they are great guys. So if you guys are looking for your um, getting into bow hunting or, or you're, you've been a bow hunter for quite a few years or you're getting into trad, traditional bows and you're looking for where to get your gear, they have everything over there from um, – arrows all the way down to bow building supplies to backpacks they got all of it so go over to um go over to three rivers get a free catalog they'll send you a free catalog 
it's one of those things that you could sit out at night and and make a wish list and then uh that way your family will never be without gift ideas so that's that's enough of a plug for three rivers i can't say enough about them though really so let's jump into this week's um content and what we're looking to do is i'm looking to give you five things that you can improve your traditional bow hunting for this fall of 2023 there's five things right now you can do um those of you who have just jumped into this uh listen to these five things because these are the things that'll get you into feeling uh comfortable packing that bow in the woods i know some of you guys that are just now getting into it have been compound hunting and uh, the, you pick up one of these stick bows and you just don't feel comfortable. You don't feel confident with it. And the confidence actually is the thing that really carries over. Um, that's, that's the thing that will actually uh, help you with success is actually being confident in what you're carrying. Otherwise, man, I spent years not being confident in my equipment or my shooting. And uh, you don't want to be in that. You don't want to be in that situation. So these five things will help that, Okay. I'm going to name them, and then we'll go down from there. Okay. So one is solidify your anchor. And I I'm, I do that with an arrow and an O-ring, and, and I'll explain that to you when we come back to it. The second thing is check your release with a slow-mo camera. Every cell phone camera has a slow-mo mode. Well, not every, I guess. Every newer or, or the top leading, I don't know, whatever, but get a hold of a slow-mo camera if it's a GoPro or whatever, and check your release. Um, you will see the little things on your releases that, that go bad, the things that mess you up in slow-mo. Um, and then take that slow-mo camera and then check your um, how your arrow comes off of the shelf, off of the riser. And you'll, you'll be able to see a lot more with those slow-mo cameras um, of what's going on with that arrow, and you'll be able to fix that. Um, number four, I think we're at number four, right? Yeah, number four, um, do a lot of stump shooting. And even better yet, do small game hunting. Um, that's going to solidify, and, and I'll go over this a little bit more as we come through it, but that's going to solidify your um, your ability to to actually uh, take big game with, with your longbow or your recurve. And the last thing is learn aerodynamics. So learning aerodynamics, arrows were probably the biggest thing that I had to overcome in my traditional bow hunting is trying to figure out how to get an arrow to fly straight. Um, because once you do that, that's when everything else takes over. Now, these five things come from me, okay? this These five things come from the way that I hunt, the way that I shoot, they're not going to cover some of the other things that people are teaching out there. My primary goal is is to be able to pick up a bow, look at a spot, and hit the spot. And that's going to be from 30 yards and in. I don't shoot. I have shot over, you know, 30 yards. Um, the last elk I shot at, after I got a bad arrow in him, I shot um, probably 150 yards trying to get another arrow in him and just barely missed him. So maybe I should be practicing a little further out. But... Um, I, it, the, the arrow landed between his legs and actually made him run. Um, so I wasn't that far off, dang it. But um, one of the one of the big things is make sure you, you know I'm I focus around the hunting aspect of traditional archery. There's a lot of guys out there, a lot of guys that will outshoot me hands down. But I I, I venture to say that I am pretty lethal within that 30 yard range as a hunter and uh 
these are the reasons is because this kind of stuff solidified what um, it, it just it gives me the confidence to be able to shoot under these yardages. And once you start doing this and once you start putting your head to it, I think that's part of it, too, is is actually um, analyzing what you're doing with your bow. Uh, that's and, and then once you start analyzing it. Um, understanding that there is some supernatural stuff that takes over. This is not compounds. This is not rifles. This is something that involves the human spirit. And I think we have to understand that. If I wanted to shoot a, a sighting system with my recurve, which is, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's exactly the opposite reason of why I got into it. I want to be able to be um, like that cat or like the wolf or like the bear. I, I want to be that predator and this just extends my range that I, I, I'm not going to be able to be as fast and deadly as those uh, wild predators. So this extends my range to be able to um, reach out. But I still have to think on that predator mode. And there's still a human spirit behind this. And that's that's so that's where I um, approach all of my traditional archery from. Um, this last year, I took a couple animals with a rifle and and it didn't seem the same now i'm not saying i'm not bagging rifles because i i like rifle hunting but um it's just not the same it, it just plain isn't the same i'm not the predator you know i'm more <laughs> if, if you're shooting animals at 100 yards and out you're more um an outside participant whereas if you're shooting them 30 yards and in you are just as much into that moment as any kind of like cougar or bear or wolf. And so there's something about that. There's something spiritual about that. And that's why I approach it this way. So, so guys, if you're looking to um, be very proficient, like at 45, 50 yards, and you want to do spot on and all those things, um, go check out the guys at the push, go check out, you know, um, the guys that, uh, I don't know, just there's all sorts of guys that are out there that could teach you how to shoot. And, and those are a lot of target type ranges and they could teach you how to shoot that mechanical stuff. I'm not for that. I, I'm, I mean, not that I'm against it, but I'm, I'm not the guy that's going to go. I just don't do that. That's not something that I do. So with that said, let's go ahead and jump right into the, the first thing here. Um, solidify your anchor and you use an arrow. And the way that I've done this is, your whole drawing process is going to be something that has to be exactly the same every time. And the way that you do that is the way that you engage your muscles. And, and I, you know, I pulled a long time with my shoulders and you don't want to pull with your shoulders. You want to pull with your back, but it's a muscle memory thing that you do. You know, um, if you look at guys like uh, Steph Curry, he spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours shooting a basketball, but he does it the same every time as far as his grip goes. But then something supernaturally takes over depending on where he's at on the court. And it's the same thing with, with the way that we shoot traditional archery, but you have to have that fundamental or else your brain cannot overcome. Um, everything's got to be the same for your brain to make the calculations um, for how much muscle or, or other things that you exert. Or in our case, it would be how hold, how high we hold or um, those kind of things. So concentrate on your anchor. Solidify that anchor. 
And how I do this, you could do this. You don't even have to uh, shoot. You could do this by getting an arrow, going to your local um, hardware, or I actually I go to a hy- uh, hydraulic store, and I actually got um, most of my O-rings from Caterpillar because I was a cat mechanic for a long time. So what I did is I put a O-ring over the tip of my arrow, and then I come to draw um, when I'm, you know, when I when I'm that first draw. So what I'm saying is, is the first time you pick up your bow and you draw your first arrow is going to be your cleanest draw. And so once you've got your form down, once you understand where your draw is, once you know where your anchor point is, once you know what your back tension should feel like, all those things, once you've done that, then you practice that and you become Steph Curry behind a bow. And what I mean by that is you practice and practice and practice. And as you draw, the O-ring that I put on are super thick. They're like almost a quarter inch thick. They were used around the, um, there's some oil spigots on the front of the engine that had an O-ring that went around them and they were super thick O-rings. And I put that on and what you do is you draw the arrow with that stuck um, right at, at where the arrow's sitting at braced. And as you draw it, it pulls that O-ring along the arrow shaft and when you get to full draw it's going to it's going to be at full draw that's where that arrow is at full draw and then you mark that on the shaft with a pin a sharpie on you mark where that o-ring goes to every time with a sharpie now once you've done that then you pull it back to brace and then do that over and over again and you check that uh, mark and if that mark is the same every time then you are solidifying your draw you're solidifying your anchor one of the things that people do especially if they're shooting a bow that's more than um than they should be more poundage than they should be what they'll do is they'll short draw and you'll start short drawing and if you short draw after um coming to draw 10 times you're probably going to short draw when you come to an animal um, it's just, it's just a natural thing that people do. They, they short draw, but if you make that muscle memory and, and where I start look, trying to feel for it is I come to my, uh, I come to my anchor and I anchor three places on my side of my face. One is on my tooth. One is my knuckle to my cheekbone and then my thumb to the back end of my cheekbone. And those three places, I know that I'm anchored and I know that I'm in a spot. I, I'm messed up the mic there because I came to anchor, but I know I'm in a spot that's going to be the same every time, but that doesn't mean that you're actually pulling the bow the same distance every time because it all depends on how much you collapse your back. So what you want to do is you want to pull through that and keep pulling through it where your back is at a, as is actually pulling the tension out of the bow and you'll get to where you start feeling where that certain tension is and once once you've reached that tension, you know that that is the same draw every time. Um, the weird thing, so the reason that we use our knuckle against um, our cheekbone and our thumb against the cheekbone on the back, and uh, to a tooth with my index finger, is because those those things are always constant. You can't change that. But you, the one thing that you can change is your draw on your tension on your back, and that's. That's why you have to learn where that is, and you have to feel it. It's and it's it's something that is human. This is not something that is um, 
it's 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 a feeling. Yeah, I'm. It's no different than you know when Steph Curry sh- shoots a basketball. Now realize that he doesn't hit every shot either. You got to realize that too, because that's something that comes along with us. Is there's times when we don't hit every shot. He has bad days. We have bad days. That doesn't make us any worse of a shot. Now, um, th- there. Are, the more you get at this, the better you get at it. But these are the these are the things that you can come to when you've done all of your your process of coming through and making your shot. Um, wh- so one of the things that you'll notice is if you come to that draw every time and that O-ring stays on that same spot every time, then you're starting to solidify your shot. Um, one thing I want to mention as well is I stay at anchor for at least five seconds. Okay. Cause you'll, you'll find yourself starting to, um, drift off of that and, and you want to come to anchor. You want to be able to stay at anchor for sometimes 30 seconds. And I know that sounds like a long time. And if you, if it feels like you, there's no way you could do that, then you're going to have to get a lighter bow. But there are times hunting wise, you have to do that. Uh, there's just no if, ands or buts about it. You're going to have to do that. So, um, you're better off to shoot a 50 pound bow that you could hold for 30 seconds than a 60 pound bow that you have to snap shoot. Snap shooting will kill you. Snap shooting is not a good thing. That'll make you collapse. That's where most people start getting their target panic. If you hold that arrow there and you release it, once you feel that back tension really at the, at the same point and you got a good shot at the animal, that's the best. And that's why we do one of the other things that I talk about here. That's why we do one of those is because that teaches you um, when you can release and that makes you hold for a lot longer. So that's the first thing. And there's so much more I could go over into that, guys. So leave your questions. If, if I miss something here, leave some questions below or get a hold of me. Because I want to reiterate on the podcast, I want to reiterate what I, what I missed. So this second thing is, is something that I have um, uh, recently started doing. Well, actually, not recently. It's probably been five years or so. But it wasn't what I something I did when I first started, and that's checking my release with a slow mo camera. We have good slow mo cameras now on our phones. Um, if you don't have one on your phone, find somebody who's got a phone. You know, like I think from the iPhone, I, I did it with my Galaxy 8. It had slow-mo. And it wasn't crystal clear, but it was good enough to see what I was doing. And you want to watch your release. Now, you see guys that are releasing and then they follow through. They're bringing their hand back and around. Um, if they're bringing their hand back and around, they're probably subconsciously doing that because they were told that their hand should go back and around. And if you're pulling with your back tension, it will automatically do that. You don't have to make your hand do anything. One thing I noticed with my release is that I was dragging my bottom finger. I split, I I shoot split and I was dragging that bottom finger and it was screwing up some of my shots. So ever since then I switched to a tab and it doesn't allow me to, to um, it's a cleaner release because it's one piece of, um, leather coming off of there it's one piece of fur coming off so i can't really drag it like i could with a glove i could drag that and i also noticed on my glove that the bottom finger was wearing out on my gloves a lot faster than the top but i could see that in the slow motion and i could also see what my hand's doing if my hand just stays there then i know i'm not pulling with my back okay 
Um, that's why you see a lot of guys shoot and then they bring their hand all the way back. Well, your hand should naturally come back because you're pulling with your back. So if you're making it do it, it's not really it's it's not really helping you at all. I see that a lot. I see a lot of people doing that in a lot of the shots, like on Instagram and stuff, and it it's kind of funny. But what you need to be doing is just keep pulling on with that back tension, and then once you release that shot, that hand will drift back and around. Now, um, your probably your release is probably one of the biggest things. At least for me, it is. It's one of the biggest things because I shoot split and I'm shooting instinctive. Um, if you could get that release down, you will be. Uh, it has to be the same every time. Everything has to be the same every time. Or else you're not going to be consistent. And your brain, so shooting is instinctive, it's a really big deal because your brain has to have it the same every time. It can't make those, it can't make those calculations supernaturally or subconsciously unless everything's the same every time. Another, another thing, and I forgot to mention this in my little notes here, but make sure that you use light-colored fletching on your arrows when you're first starting out and and dip them in white or put a crest or a dip on the back or a wrap on the back and make them white or or yellow or orange something that really strikes out in your brain because your brain is is supernaturally subconsciously picking that up and so it's it's always making those adjustments um without you acknowledging that those adjustments are being made so that's a big deal um Sorry, I had to get a drink. Um, so that would be the second thing that I would do is check that. Now, if you have any questions on what it should look like, um, I'll, I'm going to make a video on it and kind of show you a few things. that. And re remember that none of this stuff is perfect that any of us do, except for maybe Joel Turner. But uh, the regular people on this earth, um, you're not going to get completely perfect. If you want perfect, you're going to have to go back to your compound bow. So... With that said, um, this stuff is not completely uh, perfect. <laughs> okay, so while you have your camera out, move that down and check where your arrow comes off. Zoom in on your shelf when you're shooting and see what's going on there in slow motion. Um, back in the day, I used to put uh, that spray Tacitin or whatever, the spray athlete foot powder stuff, and I used to spray my bow Um there to see what was going on to see where my fletches were hitting and and man i've shot some arrows that were so loose before that they were smacking the side of the bow as they were coming off they were bending so much that they would smack it and then kick it way out and uh i i've i've seen i've had that happen before but if you're not getting good arrow flight coming off that shelf if you're making a lot of contact now your feathers are going to make contact your fletching's going to make some contact but you'll know when it's excessive you know, if, if the arrow maintains its its forward trajectory as it's coming off, then you're not going to beat that. But the only way a lot of times to check that, and, and nowadays, you know, it took me forever to try to figure out exactly what was going on using the old powder method. But um, nowadays, it takes no time. You can figure it out really quick. Sometimes it's just a matter of changing your brace. Um, if your string is still on that arrow when the fletches engage, it's going to kick it every time. And you can see that in slow-mo. So that's one of the things that I that I did. Now, the last thing, and, oh, no, this isn't the last thing. This is the second to last thing. But I think this is one of the most important things. When you're talking hunting, 
this is probably the most important thing, and that's going and stump shooting. Or better yet, if you have a small game, um, if you have a small game season open near you, like rabbits, jackrabbits are in season all the time. Um, matter of fact, that's how I got into traditional bow hunting. We built a bunch of um, heavy steel tree stands in shop class, and we set them up on the rabbit trails around my house. And we sat in those like this time of year. It was January. And we would sit in those uh, like on a real clear day after a big snow. And we would sit in there and wait for the rabbits to come out because they would come out and come down these rabbit trails. And we would shoot them outside of our um, off our tree stands. This was a huge deal for us. This taught me so much about shooting um, because animals all kind of, you, you got to come to draw and then you got to make sure that you take the right shot and they got a clear brush and they got, you know, they, they'll still catch you. Even the rabbits will catch you coming to draw. So you got to time your draw sequence and all that stuff. So I would suggest if you, if you have a, a season close to you, take your bow out and go small game hunting. I, I, I'm telling you, it, it even even grouse as dumb as they are, you know, when they catch you drawing, even if they don't fly off, they do show you that they know that you have drawn your bow. So even on a grouse, um, you're going to learn something by drawing and then treat them like an elk. So pretend like they're just as flighty as an elk. And then as that grouse gets behind a bush, take your draw and then have him come clear the brush and then release just like you would on an elk. You could even, grouse won't fly off if you make a noise. You could even give them a little, and practice that because I'll tell you, that's probably going to kill more of your elk than anything. If you can make them stop for that split second and you're at full draw, the minute that he stops, you just uh, release. That's that's teaching you something. There's almost, I was talking with a, a friend of mine and I was telling him, you start this early and there's almost like a rhythm to how the how nature works there's a rhythm to when you pull when you draw as you're falling across and then when you release and it's it's something that i don't know you get in tune with the more you do and if you just wait for those opportunities on an elk it's going to take you years to get this but if you start doing this early on with say squirrels with with uh grouse with rabbits your learning curve is going to be so much faster. And I don't care how good of a shot you are. If you can't get drawn on an animal, you're never going to kill one. It's more important to be able to, even if you're three inches off on your shot on an elk, three inches is still a heart shot. So I practice. My biggest worry is being able to get that arrow off. And I'll even go to, I don't even want to say this. I'm not going to say this to, well, okay, I'll say it. But even I know people that have killed animals, like smaller animals or, or um, close at half draw and because they knew that they could get the arrow in and they knew they could get it done, but they knew that they couldn't come to a full draw. And, and that's a real thing that I, I, I do know, it, like at 10 feet or, or you know 11 feet when they, they couldn't come to a full draw or maybe they came to three-quarter draw. But the, what made them kill, what made them killers was they knew when to draw and they knew where they were. Now, don't do that as you first start. These guys have been around this for a long time and they know their equipment. They know what's going to happen. They know they've been around enough animals that were killed that they did that. But um, being able to draw and knowing when to draw is huge. And then 
just regular old stump shooting, you could treat that as well. You could treat, pretend like it's an animal coming across, and then you don't know the yardages. You don't know the set yardages. So when you start shooting stumps, um, then you pick on that stump, you pick in a spot. Stumps are like animals. They have certain spots that you're going to shoot towards. And, and like the old adage goes, you aim small, miss small. So you, you pick out like a knot in the stump and you shoot at that knot rather than the whole stump. And it'll teach you on how to pick out like um, hairs. There's tuft of hairs that I pick out on elk sometimes or on, on deer. You, you pick out a, a little spot like a crease behind the shoulder where, that keeps moving. And when it goes forward, you know that that heart's exposed and that's when you shoot. So that'll even help you. But I'm telling you, the small game is where it's at. So get out there, get your bows out there. Once you got your, once you're shooting good at targets, you got to get out in the woods and you got to shoot stumps. Okay. And the last thing is learn your aerodynamics. Now I know this sounds really weird. You know, it, it, if you, if you start understanding aerodynamics and what it changes go on when you add things to an arrow. So let's say when you, when you put, this is a big deal for like graphite arrows or even aluminum. When you add and subtract weight up front, when you're trying to get FOC and you guys, you can say what you want, whether you like FOC or you don't like FOC uh, weight forward of center, um, more weight up front or less weight up front, but understand what that does to the arrow, the dynamics of that arrow, because all these other things like the slow motion and all that other stuff, um, you, you won't know how to correct it until you understand aerodynamics. Now, on a lot of long bows that aren't center cut, like the old Howard Hill style bows, um, you're going to have to bend that arrow a certain way to get it around the riser. I know people are going to argue with this, but it's, it's pretty true. You have, or at least shoot it off the side of the riser the right way so it doesn't make contact with the riser with any part of the arrow as it leaves. And the only way that you're going to be able to do that is with aerodynamics. And the best thing, the best thing that I've read on aerodynamics, because it comes from guys that are making their own arrows out of just stuff that they find in the woods, they have to understand how to, uh, you know, how, how these arrows are flying, um, is the best, the best article or best thing that I've read on it is tradition is in traditional bow hunters Bible. And I think it was the second edition. I'll have to look that up second or third, but, um, there's, a it talks about homemade arrows and then all the dynamics, because when you start mixing and matching, um, different materials, you're looking at different arrow flights and how they're going to work out of that bow. So those guys are going to know the most about what happens to an arrow as it comes out of the bow, because then they have to match their arrow diameters, their um, arrow densities and all that stuff to get a good set of arrows. And if they're out, you know, cutting uh, uh, reeds or whatever for their arrows, they're, they're going to really know what uh, each thing does when they shoot that arrow. That way they can get a good match set of arrows. So that's a, one of the biggest things that um, I think really messes up most people's shooting is they, they have the wrong arrow on their bow. Um, and a lot of times what I see is they're usually they're underspined. Um, you could fix an overspined arrow real easy. You just start adding weight, but there's almost nothing you could do to an underspined arrow. There's really nothing you can do to an underspined arrow. So um, those are the five things that you can do this 
just right now, this next two or three months. So clear into March, you know, and then if you get good and proficient at this, then you jump in and start shooting turkeys with your bow. One thing about shooting turkeys. So that could be the first thing that you hunt with, with a traditional bow. And I'll tell you what, turkeys are harder to kill than an elk, <laughs> but there is something with turkeys as well as, um, once you get an arrow in it, it, it is an easier animal to get a hold of. You, you, most turkeys that get an arrow in them don't get away is what I'm saying. Um, it, it may take a few more arrows to get them done, but because they're, they do have a really small vital area, but most of the time you'll get them, um, get out there and start hunting these guys, hunt, hunt everything that you can hunt, um, up to that big game. And then once you get into the big game, you got to make sure that, you know, you have that confidence. And I think that's the best way to, to get that confidence is by these five things. So leave me some messages or some questions. If I've been at this a long time, I don't know exactly everything I'm doing. I'm not the shot that, you know, say Joel Turner is or some of the other guys out there. But um, I do know I, I, I have played with the game enough to know what it takes to become confident with with your gear and and your hunting so shoot me some questions over and i'll hit them up and then if you guys uh enjoy this podcast please share it with somebody else and also we do have barebow hunter t-shirts and hats if you want to help support um this content that we're bringing out to you guys and we sure do appreciate you guys listening we want to help you get out there and we want to help you be successful in this the more people that are successful traditional bow hunters, the better off our seasons are going to be and the better off the animals and everything else will be. And you guys will fight to keep this around. And that's that's really one of the big things that we, we're looking at um, in this day and age is trying to keep uh, our traditions alive. So thanks for listening. Um, again, you can get a hold of me on Instagram or um even on our website and just uh, it take you right to the life outdoors website but you can go barebowhunter.com thanks for listening until then shoot straight thanks for joining us for another installment of the barebow hunter podcast remember we couldn't even be talking about this stuff if it wasn't for our public land so go and support the people that are protecting it Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and TRCP. Also, if you'd like to see more of Barebow Hunters, go to our Facebook group, go to our Instagram at Barebow Hunters, like us, and hashtag all of your photos with your Barebow goodness in them. Barebow Hunter. We have a website as well. You can go over there, check out the rest of the podcast. We have videos, we have t shirts and hats. Thanks again. Until then, shoot straight.